0: Hey, I'm Adam Cook. Welcome to the Bite Britain podcast, a show dedicated to interviewing the most successful restaurant owners in the UK, learning about what goes into their incredible menus, but more importantly, what it takes to run the successful restaurant in this day and age. Today, I am joined by Egil Johansson. Egil is the founder of the Kenton Pub in Hackney, East London. Egil took over the pub in 2009 with a vision to offer the local area a local pub they can be proud of. By sticking to doing the things that matter really well, Egil has taken the pub from strength to strength and turned the Kenton into something of a local institution. With a string of awards and recommendations, literally as long as my arm, and you can see them all on the website, it's really clear that Egil was absolutely delivered on this amazing vision that he's had. Um, Egil, welcome to the show. How's things going, first off?
1: Really good, thank you.
0: Brilliant yeah. stuff. So, um, I'll just, just to sort of start off, really, I just perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about you personally um, and then sort of tell us a little bit more about, about the Kenton.
1: Yeah, so I'm from, uh, I'm from Norway, a, a tiny little hamlet of 56 people. Uh, oh. they're, they're only fifty-five now. Fifty-six. <laughs> yeah,
0: fifty-six people. Wow, that's just feel like feel like a family, right? <laughs> yeah, it's
1: basically it's 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 basically literally just a crossroad in in rural mountain Norway. Wow. So, um, I, I my parents they used to have a, like a, a a tiny little petrol station slash cafe on that crossroad. So right. I started working there from probably age ten, eleven. Uh, made fifty p an hour plus a hamburger. <laughs> wow! And, uh, the hamburger—the
0: hamburger sounds more desirable than fifty p an hour. I have to be honest. Yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that was the highlight of the day. So sometimes my mum gave me some fries as well. So that was uh, that was always good. So that's how I sort of—that that was my first experience in the hospitality industry, I suppose. Right.
0: Okay. Yes.
1: Since then, you know, I've been working waiters in restaurants, and uh, but I've, I've never worked in a pub but i've always loved pubs and that's <laughs> yeah. probably one of the reasons why i moved to, to this country because uh, i went to, I've, I've always been an anglophile you know love the football loved the britpop music okay. iron maiden uh, and love the pub culture so i then decided yes. to move over to study in uh, at the university of brighton
0: so do they have much of a pub culture you know and obviously i mean your hometown's obviously small but do they have anything like similar in
1: yeah, so where I grew up, we obviously had to drive uh, 40 minutes to the nearest town, which is Vos. Right, okay, yeah. They have, there's two streets in Vos, and, 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 and there's like two clubs, one called Pentagon, and, uh, and there's like three, four bars, if you like. But the problem in Norway is nobody goes to a pub or a bar in the weekday right okay
0: yeah last brits are good at doing that
1: (laughs) yeah so so it's obviously expensive but that doesn't help but it's it's, it we just don't don't have that drinking culture Mm -hmm. so people in norway kind of at least in the rural parts you know people people binge drink so you you would then save up to the friday i see right and uh, you wouldn't go out until midnight because uh, you, you would gather in someone's house uh, mm. with, with, with a lot of tins from the supermarkets, and and then the aim is to get as pissed as possible.
0: We we do that in Britain as well. Obviously, <laughs> we yeah, do both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: but but but, but, but here, here you kind of you go to the pub after work.
0: Mm. You know? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So uh, it's it's a bit tribal then, because then you sit in someone's house until eleven midnight, and then you go out, and then mm. and then you're too drunk to remember. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you have to go home after two hours so it's yeah. so yeah I'm, I'm I'm not a big fan of that you know so that's what I love about here you, you can go out on a Tuesday for one or two pints uh it's more casual obviously you have the bins drinking like you said here too but
0: <laughs> we do it all we, do, we like to, we like to mix it up a bit you know
1: yeah exactly so, <laughs> so, uh, so that's why I've, I've always loved to sit in a pub and to drink in pubs and uh yeah
0: And what because so obviously you made decided to make did you make the move to London um, around the time that you actually started the pub or was it much before that?
1: Yeah, no. So I moved to London uh, twenty years ago. Uh, So I I, I, I've always lived in the Victoria Park area of of East London. Mm -hmm. I used to drink in a Kenton uh, way back because it was a Tottenham. uh, It was a Spurs pub.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They screened all the illegal games. (laughs)
0: So, <laughs> Brilliant, right. right. Okay,
1: but yeah. I, I always used to go to the Kenton on match days. Uh, and interestingly, they, they also showed Arsenal games at the same time. So it was actually a pub full of Spurs and Arsenal at the same oh, time. Oh, that
0: could be an interesting mix, right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> okay. it, it was. I like uh, how that
0: always went so well, maybe. But...
1: <laughs> and then sometimes you had a tiny tally in the middle with, uh, with West Ham. So okay. it was, <laughs> it was a really interesting. I mean, it, it, was, it was always busy on match day. But yeah. uh, as soon as the game is finished, you know, not much happened. And, mm. and obviously that's why the pub closed down in 2007. So it, it was shut for two years.
0: And that area was very different back then. I mean, I, I've, I've sort of lived in sort of London pretty much all my life. Um, so I, I'm familiar with, with that area, although I didn't live in around the Hackney area. But the, the area, you know, East London as a whole in general, has changed a lot, right, in the last sort yeah. of 15 years or so. Um, so, I mean, so what kind of led you then from, you know, being in, being in, I mean, was you, when you was in London initially, was you, was you working here or was you, what was you
1: doing? Yeah, so, yeah, so, uh, so I did marketing. So I worked five years as a marketing ah, manager. Okay. Right. for right. The big fjord regions in Norway. So my job was to, was to travel around the world and, 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 uh, and try to convince tour operators and travel agents and yeah to, to travel to Norway.
0: Ah, okay, right. And,
1: britain is has always been one of our biggest markets, so that's why they stationed me uh with a london office I see perfect for me you know but then but then and, and then I bought a flat at a time mm-hmm. uh but then after five years of travelling two hundred days a year uh, it's it's hard to live in a suitcase you know uh yeah uh,
0: i've I've done that myself in for different reasons, but yeah it's tough
1: <laughs> it's It's fun, but then you know it, it it sort of takes its toll, so i wanted. I, I, on, to be honest, I didn't actually know what to do, so I just quit the job without having any any plans. And then I, I sold my flats, so I spent some money on on travelling. Mm-hmm. And then, and then my friend told me, you know, the Kenton has been already shut for a year. Why don't you just, you know, have a chat with the owners and see if you can get in? And, and that's what I did.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, you really, you really kind of just went kind of all in on this really because I mean a lot of people would say you know don't, <laughs> the, the common advice would be oh, don't just pack your job in and disappear and go travelling, and then try and come up with some kind of solution to the problem later like kind of <laughs> do it slowly but um yeah. yeah I think I think you've you kind of so I guess in a way was you kind of just throwing yourself into it really I mean you you, you didn't really we'd never run a pub before you said you no. opened this pub up. I mean what what gave you the confidence to do that
1: uh f- I, I don't know if I had the confidence I mean because the thing for me is that I I I've never worked in a pub, only restaurants and cafes. But I've always spent a lot of time in a pub, so you done the market always,
0: research from the customers. Yes,
1: but there was a lot of research, <laughs> uh, which is a fun part. So I I obviously then wanted a, a pub that, that, that I would like to sit in. Okay, you know, so was this
0: something that you'd been thinking about for a while, but in, until obviously the opportunity with the Kenton just kind of popped up in front of you, that you'd, you'd never really taken action on it.
1: Yeah, and no, I've I've always had a sort of desire of of, of having a bar or a pub, mm. and I think mm. uh, during that gap year, if you like, I did a lot of travel in America. I'm I'm a massive fan of American bars. You know, you just walk mm. in and you sit by the bar, you start chatting to people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole the whole decor that's that's really important for me uh, to have like really interesting decor on the walls uh, and, and the music, you know so obviously i took a lot of the things that i, I that, that i really love about pubs into the Kenton when i opened it but the problem yeah. like you said is it was a very different area back then so mm. it took a long long time to before something happened yeah 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 um, so
0: so i mean i guess because i think when when we we spoke prior to to this uh, to this podcast we was um he was telling me um i think he was one of the first kind of influential businesses i guess in the area that kind of tipped the scale or started to tip the scale in a direction of slight more um gentrification in a way i suppose to some extent it's like you know bringing bringing a bringing a higher value pub into the area and making it more of a destination rather than you know your typical kind of backstreet boozer as we would call them you know um so i mean and was was there when when you opened around then was was that the case it was it was not many other kind of businesses doing what you're doing, not many restaurants and stuff like that?
1: No, so the whole of Homerton, there, there wasn't really much happening at all there. Uh, nothing on Well Street. So, because I've, I've always lived around Victoria Park, so you had the Lauriston, which is a great pub, uh, who had oh. opened up probably three, two or three years prior to this, serving pizzas. Uh, I think Broadway Market hadn't even started. Off-Broadway, off uh, the cocktail bar, yeah. the day opened a year before. Uh, so apart from that, there was nothing around Hackney Central, nothing in Clapton. Uh, so when I, when I say nothing, of course, there was stuff there, but but, 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 but not these sort of new wave pubs.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, it, you know, it wasn't so much of a, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say, I suppose, with it is it is, it wasn't so much of a destination. Like, no. you know, I would think now that, you know, even being from the other side of London, you know, not the other side, but down in the south, I'd consider going up to Hackney for you know an evening out or a meal. or, you know, you know what I mean. And I wouldn't yeah. have done that fifteen years ago. Um, and I think so. What what kind of so your inspiration? It kind of you've it's kind of a very mixed inspiration, really. I mean, you've obviously got you um you know the stuff from that you've inspiration from home and trying to make it, you know, like that like in, inspirational from your upbringing and stuff like that. And then you've got the stuff in America um, as well and your experiences there. Um, what how 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 did you get sort of how, where did your inspiration come from? You know, did you got a lot of inspiration from stuff that's going on in the UK as well and what you'd seen there, um, because what you've done with the pub, what what I'm quite interested in is you kind of got a Norwegian theme, haven't you? But you've still you've not kind of you've not you know it's not like it's a an ice bar or something like that. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: no, it's still not no. a pub feel, right? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of got your twist on it. I was really wary when I took it over because. It's obviously been shut for two years, mm. but when I took it over i I always had in mind i don't want to mess around with with, with, with the pub too much it's it's a, because pubs is, are, are institutions. this mm. is a beautiful old building from eighteen sixty five yeah, yeah so it's not that like I can mess around with it too much, so the aim was always to keep it a traditional british boozer, but then but then I, I could then use the walls uh, to to put Norwegian stuff on, so kind of tell like, your your own story through that. Yeah, so that so, so that's why you know it, it's 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 still a beautiful pub, pretty much like a boosa style, but, but but with a Norwegian twist. You know, I've got the tapestry that my that my nanny made. We've got a big moose head that my granddad shot uh, back in 1972. You know, family pictures, uh, black and white on the walls. So there's a, there's a lot of Norway stuff going on. But it it never goes away, takes away the sort of traditional British.
0: Yeah, because I think that's the thing with with pubs, right? It's quite a balance, isn't it? Because whilst you want to stand out as a pub, there is still that kind of regal classic feel that everyone wants from a pub, you know, like kind of that, you know, dark wood furniture and, you know, just that homely kind of feeling that we've become used to with pubs. I guess, you know, with a restaurant, you can often be a little bit more, creative with things right but with pubs you kind of still got to keep that tradition but it's a fine balance between keeping a tradition and standing out as well right that's two very kind of tough things to balance i think it's quite it must be quite hard i guess to to get that balance right
1: yeah and and and, uh, and and i think coming from from a different country was obviously something that was stuck in my mind as well i, I didn't want to come in as a as a sort of foreigner and, and yeah, take, yeah yeah I, I, I did actually, funnily enough, have, have, a, have some problems in the beginning. I, I received a threat letter through the, through the letterbox. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, aiming aiming <laughs> me for, for, for social uh, genocide. Uh, right, okay. <laughs> You're still here, so that's a good it, thing. <laughs> it's taken over, you know, beloved Boozer, and, and it was a pretty harsh letter, actually. Mm. Uh, all the windows got smashed in after six, wow. six months of, of trading. So it wasn't just EC, you know, so the, 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 there was some resistance mm-hmm. among the, the, the locals. But, but, then, but then, you know, I've kind of decided not to look too much into this and it, it, it would obviously hopefully go away, which it, which it, which it did. Um, yeah, I
0: suppose that's, that's the thing as well, isn't it? You're going to, you know, when you're doing something like that, like you say, with these kind of like British that are, institutions that, that are pubs, you know, even if even if the pub shut down it doesn't mean that it still hasn't got sort of like a strong fan base no no people don't like change right they don't like to see you know these new kind of style pubs coming in no. and they feel they're feeling like it's it's stamping on their you know their old kind of haunt and stuff I think I think that that must that must have um, shook you up though a bit when that happened and like you must have did you I mean did you have kind of second thoughts at the time I mean
1: no, I didn't have second thoughts. I, I, I did. I did contact the police, uh, mm. especially after the threat letter, and, and and they sort of told me, that "Look, it's uh, it's probably a, a, someone really drunk wrote it." Uh, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. And they obviously said, "Just call us if, if any problems." But you know, like I said, I haven't I haven't really had much problems. We, we, we barely have. I, th- I think we've only had two fights in a pub for for ten years. That's really you know, good. Yeah. So. Yeah. We, it's uh, and, and and the regulars we have are fantastic. We've got a lot of a lot of support from the local community, and so um, it was probably one of one of them. You know, a, a really upset person. <laughs> yeah, yeah right.
0: well, People are very passionate about their pubs. Yeah. That's for sure. You can't and you can't please everyone. I think that's an important. No, no. To remember, you know, with any business, you're always going to get pushbacks on things you're doing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think it's important not to not to let those pushbacks stop. Stop you like you know going after your vision or your mission, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So tell us a little bit about um your drinks, and we're going to get onto the food side of things as well, which I know we spoke about because you're doing some quite interesting stuff there, and I like the concept that you've got. But still, we start with the with the drinks obviously being a pub. I mean, you've got quite a good selection. Like how how do you come up with the inspiration for what drinks to sell? Because there's like so many drinks there. Like literally, you know, the the amount of craft breweries and stuff popping up, and it's just. I mean, how do you how do you come up with the inspiration how do you choose what ones make the cut what beers make the cut i mean is there a kind of a creative process to it i mean how does it all work
1: yeah so it's so so 10 years ago when i took it over it was tied to a brewery so yeah so so i could only order drinks from the brewery which that's the thing a lot of pubs aren't they that's i think not many people realize that so yeah i mean but then in 2015, I became a free house, which, which was a big revolution for me. Mm-hmm. You know? So all of a sudden, I could pick and choose from left, right, and centre. Wow. So uh, the but then you, like you said, you know, you have such a big revolution with craft uh, beers, and there's so many breweries. I think every, on a weekly basis, we probably get two or three visits from from different reps from breweries or, right. or drink companies. Okay. So 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 it's actually a luxury for us who are pubs because there were so many fantastic local breweries mm. uh, which we have on 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 the draft we got 15 line line draft lines in total nice, and yeah. uh, three of them we keep rotating on a on a regular basis so 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 the process which you asked about is 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 mainly is 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 mainly Steve the manager who is really he, he really knows his beer okay. uh, and so he he kind of choo- pick and choose uh, which ones to get in every week. Uh, I, I I kind of tend to, to 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 stick to lager myself and okay. I yeah, yeah. I, 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 I drink a, a, a golden ale, big wave, and, uh-huh. and maybe IPA. So I'm 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 still not that sort of craft beer,
0: the craft beer guy,
1: craft beer guy yet, uh, or, or definitely not a cask person, but. So it's uh, it, it's it's a lot to do with you, you. We kind of see we get a lot of taster cans from the reps, so there's a lot of tasting going on, uh, and and you see which one are popular or not. So it's it's a, this is a really fun process, you know. So you kind me. of what
0: I guess so that you're taking a lot of inspiration from the the sales as well, right? Obviously, so you're seeing right. Okay, this one sold well, right? We maybe need yeah. to it on more often and et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, and and then you obviously have to look at price points. So we have uh, we have a really good uh, uh, one. The the biggest supplier we use is is Cave Direct, who we have a good good uh, dialogue with, and they have specials every week. But I think it was last year we did a mistake because we thought it was a thirty liter keg, but it was a twenty liter keg of, of a Norwegian beer that we've got right. in. But in order to to sort of have a 60 percent gp we, we, we would have to sell a pint for 17 quid wow so <laughs> that's the so, most
0: average prices in london these days yeah,
1: though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> so we we, we, we couldn't know it we, 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 i think i think we put the price down to to 13 pounds a pint but it's uh you know with we, the craft beer industry and and you have a lot of beautiful things like double ipas and and and, and high percentages obviously the it costs a lot more to buy them in mm-hmm. so we would then have to sell them for a lot more so that's uh so that's how it kind of works these days
0: yeah yeah i think people people are a bit more open these days to spending more on these kind of craft beers though because it's come, come, become a little bit like with wine industry in a way isn't it yeah there's it's, it's, it's much more kind of there's much more artisan feel to a lot of the brands and stuff like that
1: absolutely and, and 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 that's why uh, of, of all our sort of premium, premium base, we, we wouldn't offer a pint. You know, we we would offer this in in like a third or a half a pint.
0: I suppose that's probably safe as well, because it sounds like yeah. a pint yeah. of that stuff could be uh could be quite quite interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, and 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 people kind of you you, you sort of if if you drink an eight uh, percent double IPA for example, you you can't neck it down like you do with a lager. No. You, you, no. you appreciate it more. You sort of take more time to drink it probably. So. If you have yeah. a nice sort of stem and half pint glass, it's uh it's much better than in a in a pint glass.
0: Yeah, I mean you know, those beers tend to have a lot much stronger flavour as well, aren't they? They're much richer and don't tend to be something that you'd want to kind of just yeah. sort of scald the whole pint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um now that's that's really interesting. So I wanted to also dig into a little bit more about the food side because you you know, what, what you've done with that is you you focused on Primarily, one thing certainly from what I've seen from your website is just doing an amazing roast dinner, right? Yeah, um, that's that's really British staple, especially in a pub. Everyone loves a roast dinner. Um, tell us a little bit more about that because you, you, what, what you've, what you've, what's quite, what interests me specifically is that you haven't kind of gone really broad of your food. Now I know you're doing some stuff with the pizzas, which we'll get onto in a bit as well. Um, but I'm interested to know kind of what kind of inspired you. To just specifically focus on the roast dinner, because I think that's quite a wise move. Because rather than trying to do everything, you just focused on doing one thing well and being known for it. Um, So I'd like to know a little bit more about kind of what led you down that path, and perhaps also the kind of you know the success of it and how how that's gone.
1: Yeah, I think it started uh, in the beginning ten years ago because I I honestly didn't actually know what a Sunday roast was, Uh, even even after living in, in this country for a while. Uh, so when I opened we only did pie and mash uh, okay. well, that's every, a pretty
0: good staple as well to be fair
1: <laughs> but, but but that was every day of the week including a right. Sunday mm-hmm. I obviously soon realized that no one really came in on a Sunday to eat pie and mash until mm-hmm. somebody told me that you know you, you need to have a Sunday roast this is and then, and then I started doing a lot of research with Sunday roast and uh, obviously fell in love with it and I realized that sunday roast are like religion in, in this country <laughs> uh, and if you do a good sunday roast you know that's your sunday sorted you know and uh, uh i have i love my drinks and i love pub but i've I'm, I'm i'm not the the sort of best when it comes to food and, the, and kitchens so that's why instead of hiring my own chef uh i kind of decided to to have a, a residency so so somebody in in my kitchen so it's like a business in my business if you like
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's how we've operated uh over the years so we sort so of who is
0: it that does the roast now is that still a business doing the roast or have you taken that in-house yeah
1: so so, so, so this is uh is, is desi who's an old friend of mine awesome uh, who who now only do sunday so he, he's got his own brand papa des sunday roast uh, and his roast are, are 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 of the sort of massive sorts. It's a, it's 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 almost like a, it's almost like a roast that your 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 grandmother made. Yeah, yeah. I mean I've seen
0: the I've seen the pictures. Uh, in fact, I'm looking at one of the pictures right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's damn damn good. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah it, it looks really good. It's filling. People, you know, you 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 feel you you feel full when you've eaten one. It's good top quality produce. Mm and uh and it's becoming really really popular you know so we do um it's we're sort of we sort of we sort of getting quite fully booked on sundays now
0: wow yeah it's amazing so,
1: yeah like i said you know if, if if you can then deliver a good roast um plus great service obviously then you know the that, that's the formula on a sunday
0: yeah absolutely um uh, yeah and i think i think that's very wise the way that you've kind of looked at it, looked at the business and gone, actually, I'm not like the Mr. Foodie that understands food necessarily. Let's get someone else in. Cause I think a lot of, a lot of pub owners will try and, um, will try and do everything themselves in house. Right. Cause that, that, that is yeah. always traditionally always what everyone's always done. But I think, you know, more recently I've certainly seen it with a lot of pubs, um, actually, um, where they've been a bit clever about it and they thought, actually, well, let's bring someone in who's already got a brand. Who's already got a little bit of a following to some extent, yeah. And people know of that brand and bring them into the pub, and then of course that's a perfect marriage, right? Because you've got the amazing pub, and then you've got some, you've got the food coming in, but you've also got, you've also, you're also able to support other businesses in the process. Yeah. Um, and I think you know that that as well actually results in you know more customers for for both of you really. Um, so I think it's a really interesting concept, and you've done that with the pizzas as well, right?
1: Yeah. So so on on, on the on the food residency side of things, so another my main perspective is. Uh, if if I have my own chef and and I buy my own produce, you have the risk of uh, the wastage. You have, yeah. Uh, you have you have the the extra uh, staff costs, and right. but 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 to, but to then take it externally to have a business in my business. That, that they deal with all the staff costs in the kitchen, and and that they buy all the produce, and 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 I, I take a percentage, like a commission of of the food sales.
0: Yeah. And I mean that's a very common approach for a lot of businesses, right? But not not necessarily for big businesses traditionally. But you know, you see that with I don't know, you, you name it, you know, property developers where they'll develop property and they'll have a plumber that comes in and does his thing and da da da. And you know, it's a very yeah. common approach, you know, to sort of white label other people's services in a way, I guess, to some extent. Yeah. Um so so yeah, that the uh, interesting point. So that I mean that that obviously takes away a lot of the risk. And I think it seems to me like quite a good step, even if you even if you did have a pub and you did want to eventually, you know, take, um, you know, the kitchen in house. It's a great way to experiment as well yeah. with what people like, because you're not you're not fronting a load of cost, you're not fronting a load of cost into menu development and, like you say, produce, and you know, and also because you're bringing in a business that's already got kind of a working product. Yeah, you know, the, the the risk is lower of it actually not. Working, you know, you, you see, so very interesting. And and you do the same with the pizzas, right? So people can order takeaway pizzas. Yeah. Tell us a bit yeah. more about that.
1: Yeah, so the pizza. Uh, so between on between Monday and Saturdays, uh, we have nobody in our kitchen. Uh, so we are partnered up with uh, with our good friends Yard Sale Pizza.
0: I know Yard Sale. Yep, their um, yeah, their pizzas look amazing, and I've uh, yeah. followed it's them on Instagram fantastic. actually. Great. And
1: and and they have five sites across London now. They are really great guys. They've expanded from uh, from from. They actually started across the road from us uh, in their backyard uh, with a small little pizza oven, and and that's <laughs> the name. <laughs> hence the name. And uh, yeah, so we have a great uh, great partnership with them now. Where, where people in the pub, they we have yard sale menus on the tables, and and the customers call yeah, awesome. them, and then they come and deliver straight to the pub. Perfect
0: combination, right? That's, that's great
1: a good combination. There's obviously no mess in our kitchen.
0: Do you just say, so do you, you? They just get a delivery, they eat it out of the box in the pub.
1: Yeah, and, that's, and that's, so there's, yeah. there's no
0: nothing, no plates, nothing like that. It's just very casual.
1: Yeah, it's just some napkins and and that's it, you know. And then and and it, it's been working really well. Uh, and and that's between Monday and, and Saturday. So so we've we've done that for three months now. So it's uh, yeah, it's going well
0: it's awesome right because i mean yeah everyone when when people eat they like to they like to drink <laughs> and yeah. when they drink they like to eat so i think yeah. um yeah yeah i think that's such a great concept though and i think you know there's there's a lot to learn from that because i think you know like i said before i know i'm kind of laboring the point now but you know traditionally people didn't really think like that pubs didn't really think like that they would have looked at looked at what you're doing there as oh i don't want to you know have another business encroach on my customers you know i want to keep them all to myself and in doing that actually you kind of kind of shut a lot of opportunity out in a way and i think you know it's it's, it's so good to see that and i think it's a very interesting lesson for anyone that's perhaps in your position or, or looking to open a pub or something like that um you know if if you're not if you're not necessarily aligned with with what to do for food or it seems a little bit daunting to you what a great idea if the pub most pubs are going to have a a kitchen you could you could hire out to another company or even so just literally make a deal with a a company that can deliver I mean it's just excellent I think it's a really really great um great way to go about it um so I mean you you got you came onto our radar because you've got an incredible online reputation As as I mentioned in the intro you know you've got all of these accolades and awards um tell us more about how you kind of built that reputation and, you know, cause th- these things don't just happen, right. You have to kind of work at it. What, what kind of things have you done to kind of build that reputation and get that, you know, get, get all the accolades you've got and become, you know, such a popular place. Cause I mean, I guess there's a long story behind that, but if <laughs> you can summarize it best you can.
1: Yeah. I, th- I mean, um, uh, well, from the beginning, uh, uh, like I mentioned in the beginning uh, the, the important thing for me was to build a pub. That I, that I feel comfortable in, that a pub that I would like to go to. I don't know if I'm right or I'm wrong, but I kind of felt that that's how I wanted my pub to be. So
0: being your own best customer in a way.
1: Yeah, so so that's why I focus a lot on the interior. I want it to be obviously Scandi-based, but uh, but also really homely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lighting is really important for me. It needs to be nicely dimmed, not like the, a lot of the old traditional Pubs and cafes where it's like bright. It's it's almost a like blackpool. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, I was actually
0: in a bar the bar recently, and I couldn't put my finger on why it Didn't feel right. And then after a couple, yeah. I was like, ah, they've got floodlights in here, and
1: it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, and the, and the, and then to have a really nice music system, you know. Uh, so if, if so, so, that's obviously the package the pub comes in. You know, that that's how I set it up. But the main thing, I mean, a, a pub can always look as nice as it can. But the, the most important thing is the staff, you know, it's is the team. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and through the years, I've had some fantastic teams, uh, yeah. like really good customer service, focus on the, on the, regular, on the locals. And, and, and that's obviously the, 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 the main, main thing, because that's the people who, who are there. Uh, They're representing your brand, basically, aren't they, yeah. every day? It's like the team I've got now is is, is just uh, absolutely amazing, you know. Really good communication between us, you know. Steve, the manager, Taylor, assistant manager, and Cabrini, who's the supervisor. So that so that triangle there, mm. it's it's a uh, it, it's a really good good well connected one. And then we have everyone else who are just fantastic. So we have a really good team spirit. Uh, we go we go really well together. Uh, we just went bowling the other day. So, so, th- so to have, to have that a good team in place and, and a tip top customer service, that's, that's the most important. And then, and then, and then I I, I can do all, all my things with, with, with the decor dec- dec- the lighting. I mean, I, I keep bringing things back to the pub, like quirky lights that I find in quick in shops. Yeah.
0: Well, that, that's the thing that's interesting is because that's the one so you touched on two things there, really. The obviously having the team, which is having a good team, which is massive, but then, um, I think what shines through in in your response as well is is the actual you've actually got a genuine passion for pubs. You know that that's yeah. that's something, and and you you are a customer of pubs. And I think a lot of people go into these kind of businesses for the wrong reasons a lot of the time. You know, I think we spoke about it before. People think, oh, one day I'll open a restaurant and be a millionaire, or you know, yeah. and yeah. it's like it's not. You know, you've got to, you've got to make sure that you've got in your heart the right reason for for doing these kind of things. And I think because you've got that passion. You are a customer of 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 pubs, and you enjoy pubs. You know that puts you in a position of being able to understand what you want. If you, if you get what you want right out of the out of the pub, there's probably a good chance that a lot of other people are going to feel the same, right?
1: Yeah, and I th- and I, and, I, and I also think to, to, I also think it's important to, to 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 never rest and and to just put your feet up and think everything is is hunky dory because mm. we're, because the climate is always changing, you know we. You always need to keep keep adding things to to a pub, whether it's uh, it, you need to upgrade yourself. You know you need to look yeah. new solutions, and and we keep doing that all the time as well. There's always something new going on, or you know. We, I suppose we, the
0: other thing as well, the, the churn of people like traditionally in London, like these boozers, they used to serve people that would probably families that lived in this area for for many many years or decades, centuries yeah. perhaps. You know, now people are moving in and out of London all the time, and it's always changing. And people, you know, yeah. the younger people move in, older ones move out, etc. So you've kind of got to keep that, you've got to keep getting new people in, haven't you? Really, yeah, not exactly. just you can't just rely on your regular customers because they're not always necessarily going to be there, right? So I suppose yeah. that's an important point as well,
1: yeah.
0: Um, so what, um, what do you think is kind of the biggest factor or decision that's kind of contributed to the success of the pub I and mean, we've talked about obviously the team um we've we've talked about you know yourself being a fan of the pub is there anything else that's kind of in there that you feel is, is kind of a big factor in this
1: uh well i think the the, the the biggest factor uh was become was it become a free house like i mentioned to 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 to, to be removed from being tied with a brewery to be yeah. in complete charge of of the drinks uh, that that was a big thing. Uh, I also think you know, to of, all, all, all the sort of profits that's come into the pub have more or less been in, invested back into the pub. Right. So, 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 so we've obviously made a lot of uh, improvements there. Like five years ago, I, I converted a, a, the old garage in the back into into a, a nice little garden snug, for example. Right, and yeah, all, all cool. of a yeah. sudden, we had a, we had a ber- perfect birthday party space. Uh, we've got a back room last year that we we built banquet seating all around it. So so, so again that could have that kind of triple the, the, the capacity. So I think yeah, I think this is back a really room. important
0: point actually. I think this is a really important point because it's about, about reinvesting in, in the business and I think this, yeah. you know, it's important across the board for all business owners really, but I think it's very easy if something starts going well, you can sit on your laurels and think, Oh, I'm gonna have all of this profit to myself, I'm gonna go on a nice holiday, I'm gonna get a nice car, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And actually not necessarily investing it back in the business. And I think that's a huge mistake. And I know a lot of restaurants make that mistake and suffer down the line by sitting on their laurels, um, you know, thinking that the success will last forever. Um, Actually, it's probably going to last less time now than it ever has done because things change so fast, right? Yeah, it changes so fast. I think that's a really important point is, is, you know, making sure that you're always asking the question, you know, how can I improve my business and make it better? Yeah. And how how are things changing? You know, I mean, what what sort of in, in, what I want to try and understand as well is sort of some of the big challenges that you faced as well, um, because no doubt, no, you know, as we've kind of touched on, no, none of these journeys are um, a complete straight road. <laughs> There's quite no, no. twists and turns. So, what's some of the biggest challenges you've had? bigger or biggest setbacks um, that you've had in in sort of growing uh, managing the Kenton? Uh, the
1: biggest biggest is is, is is the building itself. It's an old building. Uh, So to be able to maintain an old building is probably the biggest challenge.
0: Right, and I suppose it's listed as well, right? I don't know much about that kind of side of things.
1: It's not listed, but uh, with old buildings, you know, there's there's, there's always things that, you know, go wrong, you know, there's been a lot of roof leaks. uh,
0: How old again was the building? 18
1: something? 1865. Wow, it's so old, isn't it? It's unbelievable. So I, 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 I think I think that's I think that's been the biggest challenge. Like always, you know, you kind of think that you've you've done everything that you need to do with the building, and then oh, the, the roof is leaking up there now. Think, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so in hindsight, um, I should I should obviously have I've raised another sixty seventy thousand pounds ten years ago, and 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 got a complete new roof. Right. But, yeah. but, but but these are the things you know. When when you start when you start a business, you obviously have the money you have from, from loans and what have you. So I, I didn't do anything with it, with, with a roof 10 years ago. And and I've certainly paid for it over the years. And yeah, yeah. so, 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 so so an old building, uh, dealing with equipment, uh, you know, this, the, 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 there's never a, a week without any, anything that's sort of breaking or needs maintenance. So it kind of gotten used to, used to that bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I so, suppose it's, a, it's about, you know, understanding that these things are going to arise and not, not letting it kind of stress you out and
1: yeah and down then- and, and then obviously the, 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 there was obviously a big challenge the first two, three years because uh, there, there, was, there was, it was hard. It it, it it, was hard business. It was hard to break even uh, back then.
0: And I can imagine, right, if you, you know, when you first opened, not really having direct experience of working in a pub, when these problems arose, you're probably like, oh,
1: yeah. wow, what, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So if, if, you, if you then get a, a problem with a building that then cost you 3000 pounds and you then have mm-hmm. to fork up this money and and then you get into a race with the bills and what have you so so it's it's it, it, it's been some challenging times through the years but uh but uh, it's it's sort of it, and, and this is the thing when you open when you start a business you don't really know much about it you certainly keep you you learn all the time as well from mistakes don't yeah you? and i think
0: that's important you've always got to keep keep learning you know in any business but particularly you know an in industry like pubs or, or restaurants and things like that because you know if you if you're not learning you're, you're kind of losing out really i mean you're yeah. going to fall behind the competition and, and stuff like that um so one question i've got is um If you was to start all this over from scratch again so let's take us take let's go back to 2008 2009 just before you kind of took the restaurant over what what would you do differently is there anything that stands out you think i mean we've obviously talked about the roof so i guess buying a brand new roof straight away (laughs) might be an option
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah, definitely uh maybe yeah i i I think i think i would probably have spent the money differently on the reefer uh, project Mm -hmm. uh I probably wouldn't have, have 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 spent ten grand in a kitchen, for example. Talking right. about what we talked about, I, w- I would have probably just got a, a pizza a, a operator from the get go, and then, yeah. then spent the money uh, uh, on, on different places. And then uh, the more you earn, then I could I, I could could have built a kitchen. So that, I, I think I think the whole the whole startup and where do you spend your money? I, I wouldn't have spent. Uh, Sixty pounds per chair on 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 nice on on nice sort of French armchairs that then are really all broke after two months because people you know, <laughs> because those kind of chairs are not made for a pub you know no
0: pubs need good sturdy yeah, yeah exactly. fields or something you know
1: yeah, good sturdy pub chairs so the but you know it's. Uh, uh, I, I, I think that's the main thing: w- w- how was spe- spending money wisely. So uh, budgeting
0: correctly. Yeah, yeah. I, I bud- can imagine that that's something that can get out of hand very quickly, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: and uh, I, I think that, that that's that's the main thing I would have done differently.
0: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So um, uh, one thing I want to get back to is the, the drinks because what I didn't ask you was what is your what at the moment is your most popular drink?
1: The most popular is is the Big Wave. It's a Golden Ale from Hawaii.
0: Oh, wow, I've not heard of that.
1: It's made by, by Kuna Brewery. And,
0: uh, oh, I know. Yeah, okay, right, yeah. That,
1: that, that, that's all I drink, you know, so whenever... whenever we're, <laughs> <your favorite>. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we buy these from Cave Direct, and there's not that many pubs in, in, uh, in East London who have big waves, so... It kind is that of, a draft?
0: That's a draft beer on the tap, is it? Or yeah, a,
1: yeah, that's a draft, and it, it's absolutely amazing, you know. So that's... So that's, what's
0: amazing about it was it? Is it a flavour or just... It's...
1: it's uh, it's a golden ale so it's, it's like it's probably it's probably like a, something in between a lager and, a, and an ipa oh okay it's really fruity tropical you know it's, it's got a sort of little taste of pineapple and mango oh, wow. uh, so so that's it's just really easily drinkable um, if if you are a lager drinker and, and not quite sort of a craft beer drinker like myself that is it's sort of the perfect sounds,
0: yeah right up your street yeah Now, that's that's super popular is it amongst the locals right
1: yeah it's popular but uh you you can never you can, obviously if 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 you count the 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 amount of pints lager is the best seller yeah the
0: it's classic yeah. Board,
1: you know. lager is the best seller <laughs> we we have three different uh, lagers on on draft mm. um, yeah, you, you can never get away
0: from the lager. Yeah, everyone does like the good old fashioned, uh, easy to drink lagers. A bit yeah, of, a bit of a <laughs> bit of a staple in the pubs. Um, great. Well, that that's it's been amazing um, talking. So, I just wanted to kind of get a little bit more um, into the specific kind of advice side of things. So, if you if, if you was going to if you were speaking to anyone or giving advice to anyone that was kind of looking to start a pub,
1: yeah,
0: is there anything specific that you tell them?
1: Well, I think th- I think maybe try to find your niche. You know, to try to find something that you would then stand out a bit uh, of, uh, and 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 just just go for it. You know. Cause yeah, I think that's
0: great advice. I mean, that's been clear from what you did. You know, you just just got to throw yourself in. I think a lot of, a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about it, talking about it with, with businesses, you know, I can't count the amount of times I've sat in a pub and someone's told me a great business idea that they're going to launch and then never happens. Right. You kind of, you yeah. got to do something, take action. Yeah. Um, yeah so what's next for the brand? I mean, um, that's kind of what I want to understand now is, is, you know, obviously, um, what have you, is there anything upcoming for the Kenton? You've done that. You've done the stuff with the pizzas. You're famous for your roast. You've got a great selection of craft beers. It feels like you've done most of the things you need to do at this point. So is there anything else on the horizon?
1: Yeah, we've we got a lot of interesting plans in, in, in the Kenton coming up this year. Uh, but, um, so, so, and, and, and we're always going to have, so, so the Kenton will always be uh, evolving. But in terms of other projects, you know, I'm I I, I am a co co founder of two other pubs, oh, okay. uh, the Horn of Plenty and Stephanie Green, and a, and a Prince Arthur in Shoreditch with uh, so with my business partner Grant.
0: And have you been? Uh, have you did you found, have they been have, have they been involved in those for long or?
1: Yeah, so, so 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 the Kenton is is just me me my personal project, and, and these mm-hmm. two other pubs are are funded by by investors.
0: Oh, okay, cool.
1: Uh, so that's uh, so, 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 so that's obviously something i'm uh, i'm involved in and uh, i also just started my own drone uh business i'm, I'm ai dro- I'm, I'm a licensed drone pilot oh wow well i didn't know that god we, uh, you told me this earlier the podcast would have gone in a totally different direction yeah and <laughs> and, and and i'm I, I, i'm also a, a go- um, like like a google certified photographer so I'm, I've, I've, oh, awesome. I've basically just started an, an own business uh, offering uh, drone and aerial photos and three, 360 uh, virtual tours. Awesome, right. Uh, so, a true
0: entrepreneur by the sound of it, really. At heart. Yeah, it's,
1: it's because I, 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 I tried to get a lot of quotes for people to come in into the Kenton and do it. And my God, it's, it's expensive. And mm. then I thought, you know, I'll, I'll just do it myself. So, um,
0: so can we expect some kind of interesting drone videos of the Kenton? Are there some out there yeah, already? It's already on the website. Oh, okay, we we'll uh, to on look.
1: the Kenton website, and I've, uh, I've I've already doing Hackney Council and the and Walton Forest Council. So, amazing! It, it's another side project, you know, and it's, it started more like a hobby, but, but now that's a little business as well. So, yeah.
0: So let's see. I, always, always needed to find. I need to find an excuse to buy a drone because they look so much fun. Yeah. I've, not, I've, I've played with a friend's one briefly, but um, I need to find a reason. So maybe, maybe, I, maybe I need to start a drone business. Maybe that's the next adventure I need to take yeah, myself. But it's, it's a lot of fun.
1: Well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, brilliant. Well, thanks very much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Um, so it just, just to finally, before we close, where, if people want to check out the Kenton, what are the social media handles? Where can, where can they find you online?
1: Yeah, so it's, uh, it's kentonpub.co.uk and uh and, and the social media handles are uh, uh kent pub on instagram and facebook we don't really use twitter too much but it's mainly instagram these days you know okay people. yeah but yeah keep an eye out there that, that's where we post all the all the events and everything that's happening all the beautiful beers that we get in and
0: and some and drone, and the, and the drone videos as well, I hope.
1: Drone videos, of course.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Egil, thank you so much for your time. It's been great talking to you. Um, I know there's been a ton of value, so I really want to really appreciate um, you know, your openness and honesty, and I'm sure the listeners got a great deal out of this podcast. So thanks very much for coming on to the show, and I'll see you again thanks.
1: soon. Yeah, great. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Bite Britain don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bite Britain and also subscribe to us and watch the video version of this interview on YouTube so you can get updates on future releases and more importantly exclusive opportunities to win prizes from our awesome
1: guests.